Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to A Certain Point of View here on a fine Sunday evening. Uh, I'm your host, Jake Berlin, and I am joined by just two of the fellow crew members for uh, this evening. I have Miss Molly Damon there on the bottom. How are you doing on a Sunday? I'm good. I'm excited that I got my new Schmodown hoodie. It looks super comfortable. Nice. I, I will admit it. It looks pretty comfortable. It's very soft. <laughs> uh, Brian, how, how you hanging out over there in this heat? We are we are being just beaten yeah. down right now. We're being annihilated by it's like 109. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's just not fair. It's it, not to mention it was raining and thunderstorming like a couple miles away from here. Yeah, I saw that. So I was out in the, uh, out at 7 a.m. and there was thunder in El Grove, which is where I yeah. was going, which is just insane. Um, yes, and so there's just the three of us. Jill is uh, on a little family thing uh, tonight, and she may be able to join in in the back end. Uh, but for now, as you can see right there in the bottom right-hand corner, we are joined by Mr. James White. How, how are you doing, man? I'm doing really good. How are you guys? <laughs> good, good. Very excited. I don't have, have any fire today. tornadoes out by me, so I'm, I'm excited about that. <laughs> Jesus. It's literally, it's like you can't even make this stuff up anymore. No. Fire tornadoes. Yeah. That's 2020 could be a thing. Fire tornadoes is it. Yeah. So true. Filled I, with I murder know, hornets. How I'd react yeah. to one of those in person, to be honest. I don't know if I'd be marveled by it or absolutely horrified by one of those. I mean, it would be kind of cool to see one in person, don't you think? Like a fire I would just literally be like, really? Like, really? <laughs> like, that's, that's how fair. that would be my reaction. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Jill stepping in here. Hi, beautiful people. Sorry, I couldn't be there. It's okay. It's okay. You Jill. got important business to take care of. So it's all happy cool. belated birthday, Jill's mom. Yes, I was second, second that. Yes, uh, we are here to uh, do quite a bit. Obviously, uh, as uh, Tim Sims said here in the chat, what a night it was on Friday. Yes, we're going to be discussing it on Friday uh, or today, the, the match on Friday. Uh, quite a pay per view event for multiple different reasons, not just for um, competing wise, but also Wi Fi troubles and and things that went on inside the match that are definitely going to create some conversation. But before we get into that, uh, we just want to hang out with James a little bit, get to know him uh, from, from a certain point of view, if you will. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, Brian, stop shaking your head. You knew I was going to do it. You knew I was gonna do it. <laughs> um, and so uh, we always ask a question here to our guests, and the, it's a very simple question. is just how, how did you get involved inside the Schmodown? What was the one thing that kind of just like kicked yourself into the Schmodown? Um, well, I started watching um, really when when Dan was playing um, Campia in season three. Um, that was that was the one that got me into watching the Schmodown consistently. I'd seen a couple of the matches from season one, season two, um, but I was a big fan of Dan from uh, from Screen Junkies and and following them for a while. So when when he started competing, I was watching religiously after that and and following his career with great interest. Um, but uh, he, uh, I mean, and and it's a good thing I did because I mean the man's the goat. As as we uh, as we saw too, but um, to get into actually the 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 heart of it all, you know, I've um, I've been friends with uh, with Janine the Machine for for quite a while, and so I went to a few of the live events and, and got to to meet Christian and Mark and got to meet some of these people and and stuff like that through Janine. You know, she was very gracious, bringing me around and, and hanging out with everybody. And um, yeah, I was at uh, Free for All last year or the year before. Um, hanging up in the balcony at the, uh, the El Portal and, um, and running questions with, with Dan and JTE and, and everybody. We were just all hanging up, up at the balcony, you know, doing questions with each other. And, uh, you know, I was, I was hanging in right there with them. So, you know, kind of got uh, a little bit of, of notice there. And, and when they were, uh, were doing the draft, I was just hoping to get my name in, into the hat, you know, 
try to get onto a team here. And boy, That's how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you you have that thought process going into the draft, and then like nine names later, your name is called. <laughs> I tell you, uh, as shocked as everybody on that stage and in that room was, I don't think anybody was as shocked as I was. Um, I I came into that that uh, comedy room, you know, just hoping to get picked up on a team and and win some matches and and try to uh, to work up the rankings. When I walked out, you know, I was a name that people were talking about because Burnett just threw me out there in the second round um which it was it was a shock i was absolutely surprised i think that uh that whole 10 minutes from being drafted running over doing an interview with jen serger and then coming back to my chair i don't remember anything it was just a blur <laughs> <laughs> if i'm not mistaken were you sitting with with sean and jill during that draft? yeah yeah it was um it was me and janine and rachel and brandon and sean and jill and a bunch of people just kind of in that little corner so um, the reason why I know that is because Brian and I were there with some buddies in the booth directly behind you guys. And yeah. when your name was called, we, I mean, no offense, but we had no idea who you were. Yeah. And, yeah. and then we, everybody's like, <clears throat> oh my God, this rookie hopeful is coming in from the fan leagues. And so, I mean, that's a whirlwind. And then obviously we know the story by now. You had a match plan. Everything was set. And then you ended up coming to LA, didn't work out, canceled. And eight months later, you finally make your debut how does it feel to officially be inside the Schmodown with the first match under your belt? Um, it's surreal, man. Um, I will be the first one to admit that I didn't perform as well as, as I hoped for and as well as I could have in that first match. But I got a win, and I'm in the Schmodown record books now. You know, I have a win inside the Schmodown. So no matter what happens, that can't be taken away from me. So it's it's really cool to, to be able to consider myself as part of the league for real now. That's awesome. Yeah, that uh, win really uh, takes it up a, a notch. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you said, you said the same thing, Molly, when, when yeah. you heard come on the show, too. Yeah, that win gave me uh, a bit of a high that I'm still riding on. <laughs> and I guess I'll be riding on it till next year. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple comments here I want to get to before we get to anything else. Um, let's see. Uh, Stardew here. Molly, isn't it warm in Atlanta? I know you said is. that before we jumped on. It is quite warm. It's it's uh, like 90s, very humid, but I've got the air cranked up, got the fan on just so I can wear <laughs> my sweater. <laughs> there you go. There you and go. A fine looking sweater it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gertie the Dino, I think what we all want to know is what James what is James' favorite pop that didn't make it in his background? <laughs> uh, my favorite pop that hasn't made it in the background is actually the Doc Brown with the clock tower. Oh. Um, uh, it is a quarter of an inch too tall with the lightning rod to fit <laughs> under the shelf. Oh, no. <laughs> Otherwise, it would look perfect. Um, I'm so, so yeah, I've, I'm so I've got to uh, dis I've got to disassemble my uh, my shelving a little bit and rearrange some things if I really wanted to fit. And yes, Jill. Yes, I finally do have a background. Thank you for rubbing it in. <laughs> thank you for rubbing it in. It took a while. It took a while, but I officially have something. So thank Jill, you. we can still give him crap because he doesn't have a baby Yoda yet. That's fine. I got some really cool ones behind me. So, and they're always going to rotate. So, hey, I got a baby. Yeah. That's the same <laughs> one, Brian. Yeah. Right here. Nobody trumps, which I can't see, by the way. Where's the big, where's the big boy? Oh, I, well, I moved him because I wanted to put my, my twin sons ah. up. Ah, but I've cool. got, I've got the build a bear and I've got the little one with the bowl, the big ones over here. And I have walls of them. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, okay, so we do have a comment here from Mr. Brian Nussbaum here. And obviously you are playing uh, – you ended up winning your playing match. 
Uh, and you are playing Mr. William Bibiani next in, in the first round, in the official first round of the tournament. And Brian just simply says, how is James feeling about his match against Bibbs? I have James as the upset in that match. So well, thanks, Brian. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I know that coming into this match, you know, I'm kind of playing with house money here because I'm not going to be expected to beat William the Beast Bibiani. You know, he's a legend of the game. He is a former singles champion. Um, he's just dominant right now, as you've seen over the last season. I mean, he was just lights out all of last season. Um, so coming into this match, I have zero expectations, really. My expectations are myself are just performing to my standard because I didn't do that in the first match. I did not do that against Frank, and I made it really hard on myself. I had to answer all three questions in round three. And if you go into every match where you have to answer all three questions in round three, you're not going to be winning very much. So I've just got to play to my ability um, and try to keep it close. You know, um, if I can come out of round one with a really good score, if I can get seven, six, seven, eight points, um, hopefully I'll get that eight, um, maybe get nine. Um, if I can come out of there uh, with a really good round one score, keep it close in round two, then round three it can be a crapshoot because you never know what those questions are. He might get some some bad pulls with his numbers. I might get some really good ones, and I could get an upset. Um, I believe that I have the ability to beat Viviani. Um, if I go in scared, then there's no point of even playing. So I'm I'm confident in myself. I just need to show up a lot better than I did in that first. I like that mentality. Yeah, believing that you can beat someone is a big part of it. Like. I, I went into my match with Demolanta and I was like, this is going to be hard. Obviously this is going to be close, but I truly believed that I could beat him and I still do. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian, do you have any questions before we get to a certain um, bet that was, that was made? No, I'm just ready to freaking get it over with. I already yeah, saw buddy. <laughs> uh, well, Brian, why don't you take it over? Go ahead and, and tell a little backstory here about the, the bet that was made with Mr. James White. Yeah, so James and I made a bet. I should have said no to you when I said uh, changing it, but I bet, original bet was that whoever won the first uh, game between the Red Sox and the Orioles would have to wear the color of their team. James changed it to the series, and boy, did that bite me in the ass. Now, so. now I did not change it to the series. I just said, I will not accept uh, the, the one. How about we make it the series? Because that's fair. You know, anybody that's can fair. win a game. Best two out of three. Yeah, yeah just, ain't that the truth? Because we skunked you in that first game, and then it was all. What happened it's after been, that? It's been all down here. The Red Sox, I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know. But uh, the loser had to wear the color, so I am wearing orange. And yes, the Baltimore Orioles are better than the Boston Red Sox. Ooh. That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> the losing bet. So, Jake, if you could clip that out for me, just yeah, I 100% will. I'll make sure I put that on Twitter. He 100% will. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be amazing. Um, no, you're uh, a good sport, Brian. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Oh, that. yes. I'm man. I, <laughs> hey, I'm going to make the bet. I'm going to follow through <laughs> if I lose. So, Ooh, Kyle, boy, did I lose with some, with some hot takes. Hot uh, takes Kyle here. Kyle's about to be dropped. So, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, well, do we have any more questions for Mr. James White before we move into uh, the big pay per view that happened on uh, on Friday? Anybody else have anything for him? No, I got my <laughs> I got my trouble out of the way. So, 
Well, Brian, I know that you wanted to, uh, you brought up this cool idea to ask James about his favorite movies. Um, you want oh, to yeah. have a little information about that? Uh, so we do um, with the contestants when they come on, depending what, we've never done it with singles. So this you're going to be our guinea pig for this one. Oh, wow. But like when um, the Star Wars people, we ask them specific characters they like and blah, blah, blah. So instead, uh, we are going to ask your favorite movies of genres. Okay. okay? And without giving away your secrets, obviously. So um, if you if you need to lie, that's okay. <laughs> um, but our first one is your favorite comedy movie. Favorite comedy. Um, I'm going to go something. It, it It's probably my favorite comedy. But if not, it's very, very close. And it's something that a lot of people aren't going to throw out there. My Cousin Vinny. My Cousin Vinny mm -hmm. is one of the best comedies that, that exist. Um, Joe Pesci is just on, just from beginning to end. It's one of the funniest movies. It's one of the most quotable movies that I say all the time. And Marissa Tomei won an Oscar for it. I mean, come on. You know how hard it is to win an Oscar for a comedy? That is I haven't seen that movie in so long. It has I've been so it. long since I, yeah, I'm not, not surprised by that, Brian. Um, <laughs> Have you seen my I, I would say put it on your list. It's, it's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, it, I haven't seen it in in a very very long time. It I it's almost like if I when I go back and watch it, it's gonna be like a fresh first time viewing for me because it's been so long. Um, so that that's cool because it's that's definitely not a, a a that's definitely not a normal choice compared to a lot of people's comedies, especially in this <clears> day. There's so many of them coming out. Um, the next one, very simple, best drama or favorite drama? Excuse me. Um, favorite drama. I'm going to say David Fincher Seven. Even though you can throw that into a thriller, also, that's a um, good one. Yeah, I mean that was that was a seminal film for me. I can't tell you how many times that I've I've seen that movie. Um, but yeah, I I love everything about that. A it's seminal so film? You yeah. mean a Gator film? <laughs> seminal, not seminal. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. I'm how kidding. dare you twist my words that way? <laughs> I'm leaving. This is. <laughs> um, Molly, you, do you have the list in front of you? I do. Sure. Okay. Oh, are we all answering these or? Uh, no, you you can you can uh, you can. <laughs> oh no, you're just asking. Oh okay. Uh oh, so I asked the next one. Gotcha. Uh, favorite horror movie. Um, favorite horror movie. Uh, it's, eh, some people might not consider it a horror movie, but I do. Jaws. Jaws is is. I mean, just I a goat a horror movie. I, I do, do too. too. Some some Especially, people will consider it more action adventure, but um, it's definitely a horror in the movie. Seventies. That's a that's a horror movie. You got to remember when. Yeah, it, no, I, that's a hundred percent horror movie. It's yeah, it's I hard to be a, it's hard to be considered a true horror movie when you're a PD. <laughs> but yeah, you know it's true. it's yeah. so good. I mean, there, I literally there's just a reason saw, why it's it's quoted and why it's copied so much. Hundred percent. I literally just saw the most gruesome Funko Pop from Jaws. It's of Jaws eating the guy in half. Eating Quint. And, yeah. And <laughs> it's the one that I want so bad, but it was a Comic-Con exclusive last year, and I don't have it. I have just uh, the regular shark and the regular Quint, but I uh, can't find it. <laughs> so, yeah, if anybody uh, wants to uh, find that for me, yeah, I'd be more than grateful. <laughs> uh, favorite suspense movie? Ooh. That's a hard category. Yeah, that's a yeah. hard. That's Should a we go suspense category. like thriller? Um, you know, I, I can do this one in it too. I would say Psycho. Ooh. Psycho oh, is suspenseful. 
classic. yeah, it's also it's also horror, but uh, it's it's very suspenseful film. Um, yeah, I'd say Psycho. Um, favorite romantic movie? Rom com or just straight romance? Um, let's just do rom com because it's a little bit more easier that way. Favorite. Um, well, I just did a, a rom-com list with uh, PJ Campbell and, and uh, Maxwell Haddad and everybody over there. And my number one was The Philadelphia Story, which is more of a comedy and a screwball comedy than it is a romance. But uh, yeah. I, I love that movie. If I'm going straight rom-com, I would say When Harry Met Sally. Nice. Classic. Nice. Uh, favorite animated movie? Uh, Disney's Aladdin. Nice. Ooh. Easiest one. E easiest. Easy. <laughs> I was going to say that was easy. Uh, favorite action movie. Um, this is uh, splitting hairs on the genre too, but I'm going back to the future. Love back it. Back to the future is one of my favorite Love movies it. ever. And yeah. Love it. Uh, I'll throw one in there. That's not in there because it's, it's taken over the world in the last decade. Favorite comic book movie. Favorite comic book movie. Ooh. This one's tough. Recently, I think when I did my um, MCU list, I think I still have Black Panther as my favorite um, nice. comic book movie. Um, but that's, that's so hard. Like, I can go back to 89 Batman. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's really what I'm in the mood for. <laughs> I love the 89 Batman. I'm saying 89 Batman. All right. 89 Batman. That one, that one really started <laughs> it all for, for how things are done today, even more so than what Superman did back then. I agree. I, 100%. I love, oh, is that your love, favorite comic movie? Uh, not my favorite comic, comic book movie, but I think it's my favorite Batman movie. Like, I love the Christopher Nolan trilogy, mm -hmm. but the 89 Batman is perfection. I would agree. And I saw somebody, uh, I saw Brian said Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and that was close to, uh, to what I was going to say for rom coms and comedies. I love that movie so much. We went on our honeymoon at that resort that's in that movie. Oh, the Turtle, the <laughs> that's turtle Bay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Star Drew here stepping in. Outside of Remember the Titans, what's your favorite sports movie? Oh, yeah. That's not on. See, this one's really, really hard because I have probably like five of them that flip back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. That That's another one where I could go on a list of what's my favorite straight comedy sports movie? What's my favorite straight drama sports movie? <laughs> um, but if I had to pick... Oh, uh, just out of all of them, it's a league of their own. A league of their own, you get a little bit of everything. It's hilarious. Um, you get a lot of really good dramatic moments in there. Um, but it's just such a well-rounded movie. Penny Marshall just crushed it. Man. I'm looking forward to see what they do with this series. That's what I was just going to ask. Are you looking forward to this, the Amazon series? Yeah, if, if they were going to do a reboot, um, I think the series is the way to go. I would not be excited if they were going to make another film. But... Um, to do a reboot with a series, um, you're able to, to really get into dive in with these uh, new characters. And I really like um, the the creative behind it. Um, Abby Jacobson, I think, and um, it's gonna have Darcy Carden in it. So yeah, I'm really excited to see what they can yeah, do with that. And Amazon is known for that. They've, they've, done, they've turned a lot of movies into television with Hannah and Jack Ryan already. So they have yeah. a good track record of doing it. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I mean, anything baseball wise, I'm, I'm looking forward to. But yeah, same. I'm of the opinion that I think if you're going to take a movie or something and try to bring it into a modern take, do it as a TV show because it works so well, and you have so much more time to flesh out the characters, and you can go into different um, 
themes and things like that. I love the, what they did with Mandalorian and, and all these Star Wars things that they're, hey, yeah. That's what my next it's, question was going to be. It's is. so smart to do it as a series, like with Obi-Wan and all these things. It's like, just give us seven, eight, nine, ten hours of something instead of a two-hour movie and you got to cut it all together. Yeah. Give me a series. Yep. I was going to say favorite movie from Molly's type and uh, Molly's League, but... Favorite Star Wars movie? Um, Empire. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I'd say Empire. I mean, it's love it's an it. obvious choice. Everybody says it. Um, but nah, uh, not true. I like I, A New Hope better. I like A New Hope too. Um, I I really like it. Uh, Empire is just so dark and so twisted. It's it's really really good. I like that one. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, okay, I like Return of the Jedi more than most do too. I do too. Yeah. And I've been I've been liking it more so in the last few years because I've been watching it more recently and. I don't know why I didn't like it before. I, not that I didn't like it before, but I don't know why I didn't like it as much as I did before than I did now. I I think the movie's really good. I'm not on the not on the level of Mark Ellis, but it's it's like really really good. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I wish we could go back to the old edit. I I don't want to see the the dancing cantina uh, singer, and I want Yub Nub back at the end. You don't want you don't like size noodles. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> and and I don't want That's Hayden fair. at the end as the Force Ghost. I don't like that either. But yeah. eh, it is what it is. Yeah. I think it was cool for me with with uh, Hayden just because I grew up with him as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so seeing him planted that movie when it first when the first edition like came out the new editions I was like oh my god that's so cool. But now I totally understand what people say about not having him in there. So yeah, I can now- understand kind of the thought process behind it. Is like okay, well. When he was good, he wasn't the age that, that he was originally. He was Hayden when he was yeah. when he was so yeah. good. So I can understand it, and it doesn't bother me as much. But give me Yub Dub back. I love Yub Dub. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so before we get onto this pay per view match discussion here, because it is, uh, we're not going to ask the most obvious of all of those questions, which is what your favorite movie Just of all time, favorite oh. overall movie. Yeah, fine, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um. Well, this is always flips around. I, I don't have like a definitive number one, but since I didn't mention two of the, or I, I mentioned two of the other ones that kind of fall into that top spot, the one that I didn't mention is Jurassic Park. So, uh, because I didn't get to mention Jurassic Park, I'll throw that in as my number one right now. I, I don't know why I thought you were going to say Indiana Jones. Forever rewatchable Jurassic Park. I love Indiana Jones. Um, the, they're three fantastic movies. Yeah, it's a great series. Yeah, just three, Jurassic, movies. Jurassic three really good movies. Just, just the three, yeah. yeah. There's only been you know three what's funny? You know what's funny about this is yesterday uh, I was sitting on my couch and I was watching, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I put it up on social media. What everybody doesn't know is that I watched, I watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull right before it because it was playing on the Paramount Network here and <laughs> where I'm from. Raiders must have it. looked like so good after watching. Oh man, I'm, I'm telling you, it did. Like it did, but it. I haven't seen the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in a long time, and I don't like the alien stuff. Obviously, like that just ruins the movie, and a lot of it, the modernization of the really did ruin it too. But I kind of had a little bit of fun with it, you know, because I I know what to expect going into it now, mm-hmm. and it and like I said, I haven't seen it in a long time, and so it wasn't like as terrible as I remember. Yeah, I haven't rewatched really it in a few it. years. I I need to revisit it just so I can still hold this contempt in my heart <laughs> see if it's at least justified and i'm not just holding on to something just to hold yeah. on to it but. at least karen allen is in it yes yes and of we course. can all agree yeah. that we need more karen allen in our lives 
She has just disappeared. We need more Karen Allen. Uh, oh, here you go. How many Jurassic Park movies does Jane acknowledge? Uh, <laughs> I acknowledge it. I know. I know. At least three. I acknowledge at least three. I had, I, I'm not a big fan of um, Jurassic Park three. Um, I really like Lost World. I have a lot of nostalgia for that. It's not a great movie, and there's some really, really bad stuff in that movie, but it's just stupid and fun, and it came out when I was, you know, a really young kid, so I enjoyed watching it, um, but I'm not a fan of Fallen Kingdom whatsoever. That has a really, really good 15 minutes, and I wish, like, the whole movie was that horror haunted house with the, the Indoraptor in it, but, yeah, the rest of that movie was not fun for me. Fair enough. All right, so we do have one Streamlabs that has come through, uh, and we'll get to that right now before our pay-per-view discussion here. And this comes from the Shmominati with the donation of here. Oh. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Shmominati. <laughs> uh, James, will you be... Uh, we will be in contact with you regarding your next max, James. Give into your anger, give into your hate, give into <laughs> us. Do what Molly would not become a winner. Join us. Oh! <laughs> I'll have to see what the Molly? offer on the table is. <laughs> maybe your so. offer wasn't good enough because Molly maybe would have thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, thank you for that donation. Whoever, whoever that is behind that name. Thank you so much for that donation. But uh, yes, let's get into the, uh, the, the hefty, hefty discussion here on this massive pay-per-view event here from Friday. One more movie I want to throw out real fast before we jump in is probably one of my favorite coming-of-age films, and it's a more recent one that a lot of people haven't seen, but I just rewatched it again. It's one of my favorite ones. The Way, Way Back. Such Ooh. a good movie. Cool. If you haven't I've seen, seen it... I've never seen The Way, Way Back. It's so good. It's got Steve Carell, Tony Collette, and... Um, uh, Anna Sophia Robb and Sam Rockwell, Maya Rudolph. So it's about a kid just going on vacation with his mom and her boyfriend, and he's just an outsider loner. And he tries to find his way in the world at a, a water park for the summer. And it's <laughs> got a lot of heart. It's got a lot of laughs. It's a really, really good one. It's suggest everybody watch that one. I think my I favorite. That one down. My favorite recent, I guess it's a coming of age movie, is Good Boys. I've seen oh. that like three times since <laughs> it came <laughs> out. So it is so. Funny. That movie is so good. <laughs> I'm all about Lady Bird. Jake knows that. So, yeah. Well, and it it well, it's also a factor for us because we live in the city that it's about. True. And there's a mural of Lady Bird on 16th Street in downtown. There is? Yeah. It's been there since the movie opened, like a week or two after the movie opened. Um, mm -hmm. and we also got to experience the movie at the oldest theater in I think maybe even California at the tower theater. So there's like a whole like thing about it. And Brian just kind of like, and not saying it's a bad thing at all, but he just like clung on to it mm -hmm. because at, throughout the movie, there's shots and we're like, Oh my God, we were there. Oh my God, we were there. Oh my God. That's the college we went to. Like well, it was, they, there's it's a like shot a of deal. the top. It's crazy to see a shot of the movie theater. You're watching the movie theater. in. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, so yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Um, okay, let's go ahead and talk about this pay-per-view discussion because we have a lot to discuss here with this match. Uh, and we will begin with the opening match, the team's match between Final Exam and Shazam. We finally get to see Shazam back together. They were separated as a singles match up against Dan Merrill at the beginning of the year in New York um, in January. So we have not seen them since then. We have not seen them as a team since last December. Uh, and we finally get to see them back in virtual form. Final Exam has been playing the last two weeks together. They also had... I think one match in studio earlier this year. Uh, so they've been playing quite a bit. Um, and this was a massive matchup. Obviously you have 
Lon Harris and Paulo Yama playing William Bibiani and Brendan Meyer, four incredibly big names inside the showdown, uh, both teams and singles. Um, and what a shakeup it was because uh, I'll be quite honest, like as much as great as the match was, I still can't get over the fact about this Wi-Fi thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> like, it, this was this was really like crazy. And and this was the first time in the virtual form of the showdown, obviously, that we had seen it. And we hadn't really seen an issue with it in the singles or any of the Star Wars Twitch matches or any of the pre-recorded IG matches. And it just, it really put, I mean, the very beginning of the match started with Lon losing, losing Lon at the beginning of the match. And then we kicked everybody out after the first round. And then uh, Brendan Meyer had his issues in the third round. And so it was a little bit of a, a you know, just confusion. We could see the, the hosts getting a little frustrated by it. But all in all, um, let's give our thoughts about this match here. Molly, I'll start with you on this one. What did you think about Shazam and Final Exam? I was really looking forward to this match because I thought after seeing Final Exam play, uh, I, I thought that they were really evenly matched. I still I still think that. Um, but yeah, seeing Paul Yama struggle in the first round was tough for me. That was... He did, uh, struggle. He did struggle. It was the first time we saw kind of a chink in his armor in this team's format. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, but yeah, I was I was really excited to see Shazam play again, despite all the, the Wi-Fi issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian, what did you what were your overall thoughts on this one before we get into kind of breakdown of it? I mean, I said it when we were watching it. I'm surprised it took this long for something like that to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to complain because this was my fear that every match would be like this. So if this is the first one, granted, it was kind of important one, but I mean, like if this is the like one time out of the, how many we've done before, I'm not going to complain. It kind of made it a little bit funny in the end, probably not to Christian, but, uh, <laughs> and anyone else trying to get it to work, but, um, it, it was a good match. It was fun. It was very, very much a back and forth that, we thought it could be so um yeah i enjoyed it a lot i thought it was one of the most well balanced and kind of fun honestly seeing the chaos but, i like yeah. i like Paige's comment uh, about christian muting brendan at the end because he's breathing <laughs> he was like on edge and and i was oh, gonna yeah. bring this up but leo i mean he acted high as a kite i mean he he was all <laughs> over the place more so than he normally is james what what was your take on it as as, a, as someone who could end up facing, I mean, obviously you're playing Bibbs, who could end up facing someone like Brendan online, what were your take on it? Uh, yeah, it, it was a really exciting um, a match going in. I was I was really hopeful that uh, it would be a close match, and it was. Um, it was it was definitely hard to watch with the uh, the technical issues, and there's not much you can really do about that. I know that Christian was probably you know ready to rip his hair out through the whole thing because you know he wants to put out the best possible product for the fans as, as he can, and he knows people are paying $10 a pop or our $10 patrons, you know, getting these pay-per-views and to have those kind of um, technical snafus is, you know, something that's going to drive uh, a creative head crazy, but the competitors all came out and they, they battled through all the technical issues they could and they put together a really good match. It was, it was tough to see Paul struggle in round one. Um, you could tell that that was eating him up because he holds himself to such a high standard. Um, but you know, they were not, easy questions in round one that, that was a pretty difficult set of questions and every team had their hiccups there in round one so it was it was a close-ish match going into round two and then you never know what that wheel's gonna bring 
Um, but it was it was a very very competitive match, is exactly what I expected with those four. Yeah, and to add to that, uh, just quickly, um, Brendan missed the first two questions of the match. I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of like a, a yeah. testament to like what it was kind of going for, and then that just it was a battle back and forth. But uh, before we move on to our conversation, we do have someone who has joined us, and that is the fourth <laughs> member of our hey. team. Hey. How's it going? I'm on my phone, so I don't know if there's going to be some kind of echo. Uh, but you sorry, I couldn't. All right, cool. I just wanted to say, uh, uh, sorry, I couldn't be here the whole time. But hi, James. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Hang in, hang in. Just a, had a last minute family thing, so I couldn't be on for the entire time. But just wanted to pop in, say hi, chat for a bit, maybe put my two cents in about this crazy pay-per-view that we had. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> thoughts, thoughts on everything that went down, uh, specifically with uh, Final Exam and, and Shazam. Oh, man. That match was, I was, I honest to God was more excited for the team's match just because I've been so interested with the whole virtual team dynamic that we've seen. Um, besides the internet issues, I mean, <laughs> that was a... That was a good match, man. It's 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 unfortunate that uh, well, I really didn't have like I really wasn't really upset with whoever won or lost this one. But Paul's a friend of mine, so I'm always rooting for Paul. But I mean, uh, you can't you can't not root for Shazam either. They're pretty uh, they're pretty on point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's de that's definitely the case. Um, so after round one, um, Shazam was up fifteen to twelve. Bibiani went perfect, got the bonus question. Not surprised with him. Um, even through the internet issues that were going on. Uh, and then round two happened and, and final exam ended up going first. Shazam let them go first or made them go first, I should say. Um, and they landed on John Hughes, uh, which I know Molly was, was excited for. And then they spun away so from it. sad when they spun away. <laughs> uh, and they landed on Sly and Arnie, which is a very interesting category. Uh, ended up pretty, going pretty well, five for six, nine points. Uh, Shazam did get a one point steal in that round. Um, and then you go to Shazam on this one. They landed on Clint Eastwood, a very interesting category. Not really sure how they're going to do with it. They ended up going four for six for eight points. And the same thing, final exam ended up getting one point seal as well. Shazam was up two points after that round. So still a close game. Um, again, Paul's struggles kind of continued in the round with Lon kind of stepping in a lot and, and helping them out. Uh, Brian, after this round number two, what, what were your thoughts going into the final round? Uh, I... I still kind of expected anyone to win at this point. Hi, PJ. Um, but um, yeah, I, I had, even at this point, I still was unsure who was going to come out on top. And I mean, I prefer it like that. Um, so that, because if I'm already leaning towards one, then it's like, okay, but it was still pretty even Molly. Are they, uh, as you would say, cowards for spinning away from John Hughes? <laughs> <laughs> or is that strictly uh, reserved for Star Wars? That is strictly reserved for people who okay. spin away from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I, I was still, I still was unsure who was going to win going into third round because it literally was back and forth. So, yeah, and this is, this to Shazam's point here, this is one of the questions that, this was the steal that Final Exam got, mm -hmm. uh, debating between the Korean and Vietnam War for the Clint Eastwood film, um, which I know was a big part. Uh, I mean, because we were all watching together and we were going back and forth like, oh my God, they just made the, the, the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but yeah, I mean, James, 
after the second round, you, you see them get these categories and how they played. What are you thinking heading into that third round? I'm still thinking it's anybody's game. Um, you know, round three is is make or break. You know, you can like you saw in my match, you can come in with with a deficit in round three and just run through and and still be able to get a win. Um, so it, it it's not over until that last question is asked. I was not um, thinking it was going to be anything other than a nail butter all the way down to the wire. Um, and you saw that uh, Shazam picked well when they decided to do uh, Brendan answering that that first question. Yeah. Uh, or that, or letting Bibbs answer that first question, um, where Brandon was was a little indecisive. He wanted to to answer the dance movies question. Um, Bibbs knows his dance movies, and he just stuck with his gun. And said, "No, I'm going to get it." And if they would have done it the other way around, they wouldn't have won the match, as Bibbs said afterwards, um, because he didn't know Brendan's three. Yeah. So that, yeah, it's it, it was uh, it was a good decision on their part, and you you never know how the questions are going to go that way when when you're in a team situation and you're you're deciding who takes what question. Um, you just got to go with your gut and say, all right, well, I know this category better than you do. I know the point value might not be as high, but you're better off getting the two points that you know you're going to get or at least have the better chance of getting those two points versus risking not getting five points by switching the people. That's fair. Uh, Jill, since you're mobile, how how are you feeling going into round three? Uh, like everyone else, like it really could have gone either way. Um, going into round three. So I was kind of, it was interesting. It, it was, I was, I think what was most interesting for me was hearing Bibbs after the fact say, had they switched who answered the first two questions, they would have lost the match. I, I was kind of sort of surprised he actually said that, but. And it could have been a four. Yeah. And I, and, and I, but I'm also kind of glad he did say that because it really, shows how important it is who answers those questions. Um, but yeah, Brown, going into round three, really anybody could have taken this home. Um, it, I was, well, as soon as Bibbs had said, had I had to take the three point question, we wouldn't have gotten right. I was like, Oh, Oh dang. <laughs> so surprising to me. Molly, outside of the John Hughes thing, how are you feeling going into the third round? <laughs> Yeah, the same. I was like, this could go either way. Um, I, I really liked all the questions in their in the round three. Uh, what was what was Brendan Meyer's thriller question that he answered? Does anyone remember? Because I, uh, I remember being like really uh, impressed uh, by it. <laughs> I forgot the question already. PJ, 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 you're in the yeah, chat. PJ's what in the was chat. it? <laughs> I just watched it about an hour or two, an hour ago too. Oh goodness! Um, Either way, I was I was really impressed by uh, that poll. I don't remember what it was, but something about it impressed me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, that's I, I agree. the The third round, uh, the the Jessica uh, Alba question uh, was a, was definitely a two point question. It made sense, but like like we had mentioned, Bibbs had said. I'm glad I got that one. Oh, it was yeah. the drive question. The Ron Perlman in the drive. That's yeah. what it was. Um, and I had originally said Brian Cranston, but I misheard the question because they mentioned Brian Cranston in, in the question. Mm -hmm. uh, so it kind of threw me off. But yeah, that that was a really good poll because that's a movie that probably a lot of people don't end up seeing because it was such a small film. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. 
uh, Brian, <laughs> I was like, all, that, all that caffeine is paying off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brendan Meyer in the third round was like going I, after. All. He was he was just all over the place, wasn't he? <laughs> he's, he's absolutely just. He seemed like he was on something. I'm not. I'm not saying he was, but he just seemed like he was going at a million miles a minute more so than he ever was before. Um, and that's probably. I mean, a, I mean, a thing like when they play together with Bibiani, I'm sure that Bibiani calms him down a little bit. Not having Bibs there probably just like frazzles him more that's so than true. it ever does. Um, and I know that's a that's a thing for teams too. So, Brian, what are your thoughts on on the round three and you know final exam missing the five points to lose and and everything that happened? Yeah, I mean. I mean, to say Brennan Meyer wasn't hyper, ex probably excited, honestly, that he's finally getting to do this after so long. Um, I think the thing that stuck with me the most out of everything is what Paul said after the match, which was Shazam's the team that you win or is going to win nine out of 10. This was the one game that they could beat them. And unfortunately they didn't beat them because it's, that's one of the most true things I've ever heard, especially about a team is this Shazam is one of those teams that it's, it's like 90% of the time they're going to beat you. It feels and seems like, but there is still that one game, that one match, that one chance that's going to come there and it's going to be able to, you're going to be able to beat them. And it did look like this was, unfortunately that match it just i mean there was a couple trips and it I, and it's i'm not going to say that it all fell on paul because i mean i mean it was even even with both players on both teams so um yeah it was just when paul said that i was like wow that actually is pretty spot on like exactly what it is especially with a team like shazam and you could say this about many of the teams uh right now founding fathers corruption all all of those nine out of ten times they're going to be on their game and they're going to beat you but there is always that chance and you could kind of almost sense it when you're playing and you could sense like shazam was vulnerable during this match so it's just a matter of executing that win and getting the W, but you know, it happens, but um, yeah, it, it definitely made it interesting. Cause I know I was thinking, Oh my God, final exam's going to, going to do this many of times throughout that match. So um, yeah, it, it was, does, does anybody else think that this match just lit the biggest fire under Paul Yama and everybody should be scared of him in this single time? 100%. One. 100%. I'll tell you, after, yeah, this yeah, match, after this match, I'm happier that I'm playing Bibbs in the first round than I would be playing Paul. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Bibbs is riding high off of a win, so, you know, he's he's happy right now, but Paul Oyama is going to be out for blood. So I do not envy, you know, having to play Paul in the first round or even the second round or the third round. I think uh, he, he can make a really strong run in this tournament now. Um, so. Um, so. Yeah, there's no one there's no one more hungry than someone who's coming off from playing a loss. Mm -hmm. So you'll be someone to watch out for. Now he's playing Marisol McKee too. So that's where I was just about to say yep. that's gonna be because he's gonna come just for blood. Like he's gonna come out swinging, but she she is no slouch. Like she she is calm, cool, collective. Jada. And um 
she uh, I, that one's going to be one to watch for sure but i would not want to be anywhere near the pathway of oyama at this point what the uh, thing with paul that i think people tend to forget too is that yeah he hasn't really had like an a plus season this season but he is former singles champion paul oyama yeah like yeah. he beat dan merle for that belt he he's Someone that, yeah, while his season hasn't been like an A-plus season, watch out. Because when you least expect him, he's going to come back biting. So, excited to see him in singles. Uh, we do have a couple streamlabs that have come through. I'll get to these really quick here. Uh, KP, thank you for the donation. Can we please talk about the greatest match of all time and the match of all the years, Bonnie Smoke Show versus Queen Shannon Barney? <laughs> <laughs> Not 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 Somerville versus McKee, but Bonnie versus Shannon. Uh, and that intro, obviously, uh, with their little smack talk there. Uh, just quickly, because we need to discuss it on a reaction. All around thoughts on that one. I'm still going to say Bonnie has the best entrance. <laughs> just saying it. I wasn't surprised by their, you know, back and forth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed watching it. James? Um, yeah, I thought it was a, an entertaining match outside of the actual trivia. Um, I thought that um, that Shannon and, and Bonnie going back and forth was was great um, heel work, great performance work. But to su the surprise of nobody, you know, Marisol went through and, and won that match pretty handily. Um, Bonnie kept it in there, you know, as, as we haven't seen her. You know, she scored a lot more points than anybody probably would have expected. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it was a little hard to watch for, uh, for me, um, trivia wise, because Marisol was just running through. She was doing really, really great that round or, uh, that match. Um, and, uh, I would have, I would like to see, uh, her up against a little stronger of a competitor outside of Bonnie. Um, but we're going to get that in this next round. I mean, her versus Paul is going to yeah. be a fantastic <laughs> match. I'm really looking forward to seeing that one. Um, Marisol really came on strong, um just in, in her personality too. I'm excited to see what she can do. Bonnie's five point poll was pretty impressive, especially with whoever was at the door ringing the bell and all the distractions. <laughs> the <poor guy. laughs> yeah. I know that there's that argument that she said something first and then changed it. Uh, and I know James, I saw you shaking your head there. Um, but I mean, with this virtual thing, we, the, fin the final answer thing has kind of come into effect with them saying stuff. Does that play a factor here or no? I mean, it's it's tough there because she did give two different answers. She gave an incorrect answer and then gave a correct answer and then gave an incorrect answer and then a correct answer. And, um, you know, it's it's tough. It's it's on the, the judges at that point, I guess. But, um, yeah, it, if you're going to do one like that and you're going to give out multiple, you need to say, all right, this is the definitive answer. It almost like felt like she combined the two, but um, it, it didn't really affect the game anyway because Marisol still had questions to answer, which she did and, and won that way anyway. So it, it didn't change the outcome of the game. So it's a moot point, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so and I will we say, I oh, will say if Shannon was really, really concerned that... Yeah, I mean, that, they had their challenge. They could have done yeah, that. That Marisol wasn't going to get one more out of those three, she could have probably challenged right there. And I, I bet you Shannon probably was just like, she's going to kill the second uh, two-point question and just right. be fine. So, 
Yeah. So we do have a streamlabs that came through about our Paul Yama discussion. Uh, this came from D Train. Thank you very much for the uh, the streamlabs. I now think the Oyama McKee match has the best potential for an upset. McKee's performance was great. She played like a veteran and she could have uh, scored more. Oyama has shown in the past he has struggled and the fact that he's lost some big matches. Uh, it's a fair point. It's very much a fair point. I mean, he did lose a singles match to Roka earlier this year. Didn't look like the normal Paul Oyama. TK. Um, yeah, and but I, I I will say that I think the team's format has kind of reinvigorated him uh, as a player, and he very much looks. And we can say that the last match on Friday was a little bit of a different Paulo Yama, but he just looks like he's ready to go again on a singles run, like he did last year. Those are my thoughts, anyway. I, I mean, I'll I'll agree. Uh, I mean, I. I'll probably lean towards Paul right now, but I'm not counting out uh, Marisol at all. For just of the way she showed, like I think the thing that honestly the thing that's scary to me is she was just so calm and like was literally just like answer, answer, mm-hmm. and it's just like is she like nervous or rattled at all? Like it was literally just answer. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So. She, in my opinion, she's the scarier of the two right now because we don't know that much about her. We don't know her strengths or weaknesses or anything. But and and that too, like, she was just like spitting out the right answers. Yeah, I yeah, she, I don't think um I don't think she's the scarier of the two. I think she's definitely you know the the most um, mysterious of the two because you don't know anything about her, but the scariest thing is a beaten dog. You know, somebody that, that is just got that fire behind their eyes. And when you lose a match, especially the way that they lost the match um, to uh, Shazam, I think that Paul is going to be a scary player right now because he has so much um, riding on this tournament and he knows that he has so much riding on this tournament now. So he's going to come into it, you know, just all guns ablazing with, you know, fury behind it. I, I think that if if it's going to be, um, it's going to be a really good match, I think. It's not going to be something where he's going to run over because she's a very good competitor, as you saw in that first match. Um, but I just think that he's got so much more determination right now um, that we'll see a, a better Paulo Yama in the singles tournament than we saw on Friday. Jill, do you have thoughts on that one? No, I 100% agree that with 100% what James said, a beaten dog is something that's scary. Um, But on the flip side, I couldn't tell you the last time I was more excited for a rookie. Like, as soon as I saw Marisol's first promo, I was obsessed. Like, she's great. Her character's great. She's good at trivia, clearly. So this is going to be a fun match. I'm really excited for this one but paul is paul's not gonna be one to mess with that's for damn sure all right so before we get on to our dan merle ethan Irwin uh discussion here we do have another uh stream last from d train thank you very much for the donation they should let bonnie enter the team's division next year considering her record i don't think she can continue in singles so she should try something new with a teammate that can help her i think it's a win-win for everyone fair point very very fair point and it could be very interesting to see what happens um, her and Josh McCougar would be a hell of a team. I'll say that much. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I mean, That's the first person that popped in my head too. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
I mean, for me, like, I, I think people need to realize, like, there are going to be players that, yeah, they're, the end goal is always to win the belt, but there are going to be players that are there to just play and have fun and just try to win. And that's pretty much Bonnie's MO. She's there. You could tell that she really wanted to win after that match. She was she she really was trying to win. Is she the best player? No. But I mean, she she was having fun and I mean, if if you I mean, everyone wants the those fun matches that are just you know, just whatever matches. So her with a partner versus another team that is probably silly like that. Do another like Bonnie and someone versus Brett and someone again. Like who doesn't want to see a fun, just fun match like that? I, I, I sure as heck do. So, I mean, I think we need to just distinguish the people that are really there to grind out and get a belt versus the ones that are there to have fun and entertain us and just do the best they can. And that's Bonnie to me. And I sure as hell would totally watch a fun back and forth, like joke match of Bonnie and a partner versus Makuga and someone else. Like (laughs) so funny. Um, Jill, I know you got to head out, but before, before you do just quick thoughts on Merle and Irwin, if you want to give a sentence or two. Prime example of what a championship match should be. 100% 100% that you couldn't have asked for a better championship match. And also the ending with like the cute reason as to why he knew the answer. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. But literally prime example of what a championship match should be. It was great. It was entertaining. Honestly, couldn't really have asked for more than what we got. Sweet. Well, Jill, thank you for joining us in the short time you had. It was good to have you on the show, obviously. And uh, we'll we'll see you tomorrow on uh, our reaction crazy schedule this week. So, yeah, I'll see you guys <laughs> basically every day this rest of the week. But bye, yeah. guys, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Um. Okay. So let's get into this this match. But I do have one comment that I got to pull up here because it was just about the Shmona having fun. The Shmona is about having fun and yelling at pigeons. I may be getting that mixed up with something. <laughs> he had to throw that in there. He had to throw that in there. <laughs> Um, and then PJ obviously stepping in. Well said, Brian. Well said. Uh, okay, so Dan Merle, Ethan Irwin, a title match in the making for Ooh. for a long time here. Uh, obviously number three between the two of them. Irwin won the first. Merle got the second, and now we have the uh, so-called rubber match, as uh, as it's called in sports. Um, and like Jill said, it lived up to the hype. You know, it was it was a prototypical title match uh, that had its its you know, moments of like, whoa, that happened and had its moments of like, yes, that happened. Um, One of them can be the fact that shockingly, you know, Dan Merle versus the first question of the match, not something that you expect to see. Uh, And, you know, but luckily it didn't throw him off the game. Um, It was back and forth the entire time. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Molly, overall thoughts on this one, especially since, you know, your faction mates in this one. Yeah. And I, you know, I've heard tale that I am all about my faction and nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I actually picked Dan to win this one just because I've seen him play so many times. I am a huge fan. Uh, I knew how this game was going to go and I was 
honestly rooting for both of them, but I just, I, I had a feeling Dan was going to win. And yeah, him missing the first question was surprising. Uh, that rattled me a little bit. I was like, oh no, like, is he having a off night? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was uh, the perfect match between these two going into overtime, the kind of questions they got. It was all just. Yeah, the questions were really, really good. Like, the, like even, yeah. and we'll probably get to it, but like the killer clowns from outer space question, like that's, yes. that's like a great question. <laughs> um, James, what, what were your thoughts on this one? Um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I love that movie. Yeah, it's great. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Were we talking about the match? Um, Just no, the I match, see you guys yeah. sucking up to the question writers since PJ's in the chat. Um, oh, no, fantastic goodness. questions. They they really were. Uh, and, you uh, should be doing that right now yeah, if you know. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Uh, PJ and his team do a really good job with the questions. They they get uh, way too much uh, vitriol thrown at them um, by uh, fans and competitors alike, and I, I think that they do a fantastic job. Um, but no, it's, uh, it's what we wanted in a championship match. They, uh, they both just came to play and I mean, to get a championship match in a pay-per-view that comes down to the sudden death against two of the best in the game. And you get the final point based on it being you and your girlfriend's song together. I mean, you can't write that into a story any better. It's such a good storyline. Um, it was just something straight out of a rom-com it's really really good match and kudos to dan for missing the first question against ethan Irwin and not letting that rattle him letting him know that he still had five rounds of questions to keep up uh he could right back in there one point's not going to hurt him and he got right back on it in the next question and and came out of round one better than than what he could have if he would have let that really get get to his head um but that no, was such a good match and those two guys i mean they're champions former champions for a reason and it showed in that match they just played the lights out for for the majority of it that finish was just really really great i love a good showdown right at the end and nothing beats sudden death yeah brian uh i mean the thing that i i just loved about it was how uh merle's promo was it's fated to be a trilogy and literally like it it felt like the end of just this epic, like you had your first one, you had your second one, and here's your big finale. Like I will not be surprised if they go into another match against each other at some point. And I mean, who knows? It could be sooner than we think, but um, yeah, this one was just, I think, was it Brian that said, uh, it felt like a live event, even though it was we were watching uh, it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because that that is so true. Like that was an incredible, incredible match to watch from beginning to end, and it was just the shock of oh my god! It uh, <laughs> it really was. <laughs> um, it 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 was just like. The shock, it had everything. The shock of uh, him missing his first question. And you're like, oh my God, he missed his first question. But if anyone's not going to get rattled, it's going to be Dan Merle. So at the same time, you're us, we're going, oh my God, he, he missed his first question. He must be off his game. And he's, and then he just starts firing him off right back at him. So it's like, clearly he was fine. And then you have Ethan just coming out with, haymakers from the get-go 
it, it literally just was anything you could want in a championship match. Like it, it, it's literally probably the most even you're going to see of two competitors. Like anyone could have won that. It literally just came down to one simple thing. And then question runners even threw in a couple tricks in there to try to throw them off. Some worked, some didn't. It's depended on who was listening to it or maybe knew it a little bit better. But man, was that just anything else? I, I, I just can't think of anything else that you would want from a match like that. It really goes to show how hard the five pointers are because it was like they were tied in round two. And then tied going into, or tied Round after, five. yeah. And then they both missed their five pointers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that's where we went into overtime. So man, those five pointers. Same, same, and that's the same thing that happened with Irwin and Roka, obviously, with Irwin taking the victory in that one. Um, so two major singles matches we've seen back to back as far as pay per view goes, not the tournaments, but just pay per views. We've seen that happen, um, and so it's definitely a testament to the question writing and. and uh, the unique different movies or questions that come up. Um, but yeah, th- this match was, it was incredible. And uh, you can go through the statistics and just like look at what happened and how back and forth it was like, you know, Irwin was up after up by one going into round two and then they were tied. Then uh, Merle goes up and then they're tied after round four and the tied after round five. And then the the faded question for, for Merle that ended up giving him the belt back. Uh, it was really just a picture perfect ending. Um, yeah. It worked so perfectly. Uh, it was such a great match. Um, also, no internet issues, which was fantastic. Um, <laughs> I just had to throw that one there. Uh, but I did <laughs> want to talk about the speed round because the speed round went really, really well this time around. Like maybe the best it's ever gone Very as far as the new format. Oh, um, man. Erwin crushed it. 10 was... for 10 just blew through the question. I think I think one of them he had to go back on mm-hmm. once. Um, and Dan ended up going nine for nine and not actually answering the final one, skipping it. So he didn't get that missed question, which was very smart on his part. Um, but really just a, a great wealth of knowledge from both of them. And some questions that really had to make you think like you really had to think on some of those questions and in the speed round, that's tough, but both of them finished with like time to spare. Uh, and so if you ever need an example of why the speed round works, this is like the perfect match to do so. Yeah. I, what was, there's always a question where you have to, to count. It was the ra- <laughs> uh, the Rambo or the yeah. How many yeah, how many yeah, times the Rambo? Yeah, how many times and has someone played Ethan Rambo in a future? Yes, Ethan yes. didn't even take a second. Yeah, to, oh, to count it. Like I was like, wait, that was the counting question. There's always <laughs> a counting question. And he literally just answered it without thinking. So it, I mean, it goes to show you how well these people know their stuff. Um, yeah. I think Ethan. I think You're he right. passed on one, maybe two, but he had he had time to spare in the end. Yeah, exactly. and I, yeah. Like Mark Ellis was like, uh, <laughs> "You're done, I guess." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dan Dan played the speedrun really smart. Where if he didn't know the answer immediately off the top of his head, he passed quickly. You didn't yep. sit there and think about it. You that's that's the way you have to play the speedrun. Is if you know it immediately, you say it. If you don't, you pass and you get another one that you can hear quickly. Um, and then go back with your extra time. And he he did, um, you know, miss the, the one question. It didn't miss it, but he, he wasn't positive of it. I did see um, 
he said that that was his inkling as he thought it was 1988. But if you're not 100% sure, you don't want to lose that point. And 100%. if he if he was wrong and he said the wrong date, that's the match. That one point yep. would have decided that one, the match. That would have been the match. You're right. Yeah. Um, now, had he said 88 and gotten it, then he wouldn't have gotten to the, the sudden death and he would have won by the point. But that's the risk you have to take. You're better off, you know, leaving a point on the board than losing a point. Not to mention the betting round too. That one, holding your breath, trying to figure out which per- who's betting what more, and then it's just like, yeah. I love I love all the codes that people are coming up with now because it's virtual. We I mean, yeah. like the months and and stuff like that. It's just it's such a cool aspect of the game uh, because usually they don't they don't see that stuff obviously. So it's a cool little addition over the virtual setting. Yeah, yeah. I really I like was- the speed round format in um, in these digital matches. Um, it does make it slightly less um not necessarily strategic but the, the way things can go if when you're going into the speed round you might not get that advantage that you would in a real speed round because you're getting five questions and only one person is going to get that question right or wrong so i mean you can go to a speed round in this everybody gets the same amount of questions you get the same exact questions so you might both go 10 for 10 and then it was just a wash on the point whereas in the studio you get five questions and one person is going to get two one person is going to get three so you, you get that change, but it's fun seeing them go back and forth. It's almost like game show style. All right. Somebody goes into the isolation booth. This is your 60 second clock. See how many you can get. <laughs> uh, Tachyon has a question for us here, and this is more so for Molly and James thoughts on Ethan, not taking the risk on the extra point in the betting round. He only bet one. Um, he didn't bet the two Dan bet the two, which made him, uh, they got the tie afterwards. Um, or excuse me, he went up by one that round. Uh, so a- as a player, did he make the smart move? Would you have done something differently? What are your th- Molly, you can start us off on this one. Uh, so the category was movie release dates. Movie release dates, yeah. I, I don't know what I would have done in that situation. I I was assuming they would category. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was assuming they were gonna both bet two. So I was a little surprised that Erwin only bet one, but maybe he just isn't super confident in movie release dates. Um, but yeah, I was just assuming they would both bet too. And like the, like the Smets match, he was down by so many points that like, I was like, okay, I know he's going to bet three because he needs the points. Yeah. Um, but this is just a whole other ball game. James. Um, at that point going into the betting round, um, Ethan was up by one point, correct? Yes. Okay. No, excuse um, me. They went. They went. They were tired going into that round. They were. They tired. were tired going into the betting round. Okay, they I couldn't tired. remember. Um. So yeah, I'll trust you on that. Um. It's it's one of those categories that even if you feel confident, there's thousands and thousands of movies that can get asked that you just don't know. So I don't uh, fault him for going one point and just all right. If I get it, I get it. I get a point. Um. But you don't want to risk too much there. So. I don't know what his thought process was. Um, I don't know how confident he feels in release dates. Top Gun was not a layup, but I mean, that's a pretty fairly recognizable release date. So in hindsight, you know, being 2020, I'm sure that he wishes he would have bet two or three points um, as soon as Top Gun popped up. But I mean, how many movies could we name from 86 that he just wouldn't know came up in 86? Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's one of those categories that's really, really tough. So you minimize your risk. And and hopefully uh, Dan only bets two and doesn't bet that three. The one point difference it's not insurmountable. Only having one point difference going into a speed round, you know, mm-hmm. because you n- you never know. And look, he made that point right back up. But if 
if he would have gotten a movie that he didn't know betting two or three points, then he wouldn't have gotten the sudden death either. Yeah, absolutely. All it's right, the so risk reward, you know. Yeah, 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 and a lot of it has to come with luck as well, a little bit there and there. So, uh, all right, so ultimately, Merle ends up beating Irwin thirty-two to thirty-one. I did a typo in the in the little doc there. Uh, one point victory for Merle and OT. Five questions in OT gets that ten things I hate about you question that just puts him over, and you can see the the relief on his face when it happens because, and we had mentioned it, it was very personal to him. Obviously, Mara ran in afterwards, said, "That's our song. That's our song." Um, and so it was just really a picture perfect ending for him. And, you know, he retains the belt. The Finzok exchange retains the singles belt. They get the three points and they're officially tied with corruption in first place. Uh, so they are back in that one spot. Um, it's big because not only is Dan now just waiting to see who he plays in December, but it also officially finalizes what we're going to see in this, uh, tournament. And so, uh, what is happening is that Sabrina Ramirez is officially in, and she is playing Vinny Mancuso in the play-in match, which will happen this week. And John Roca is officially playing Adam Collins, um, which you know, uh, Adam Collins won the play-in match to play John Roca, and that was being decided on who won this and this. And so that is the official match there. Uh, just quickly, because those are the two matches that kind of you know were weighted on by this. Uh, who do we have in the Adam Collins versus John Roca, and who do we have in a Vinny Mancuso versus Sabrina Ramirez? And Brian, I'll start with you on this one. I I want to pick Adam, but I still don't know enough about him. Um, I I just like he seemed very confident when he was playing, but I just have a hard time picking him because if you're gonna go against Roca, I mean you got to bring pretty much your A game. So, I mean, I don't have enough to distinguish who it, or what his A game is, uh, Collins' A game from his B game to his C game is. Can he upset Roka? Absolutely. Um, but I think I'm probably going to stick with Roka on this one. Um, and then I think Sabrina is probably going to, Vinny. I, I, I'm, she scares me. I think she knows, <laughs> I think she knows way more than people think. And I mean, she was the hot commodity free agent that everyone wanted to reach out and have on their team. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. I really don't, that these are two very coin tossy matches, but I think I'm going to go with Sabrina on this one. And real quick, uh, Tim Sim here. Yes, you are correct. Shout out to Jen Camp. Unfortunately, it's a shame we won't I see know. her anymore. Oh. Very true. I was looking forward to seeing her in singles, especially after her IG debut. Uh, yeah. It would have been fun to see her in singles. Um, Molly, who, who are you picking? Uh, same. I got Roca and Sabrina for sure on these matches. Um, Roca's just playing really well. Um, I, yeah, I think he's going to do really well in this tournament and I hope Sabrina does well too. Like, I'm really excited to see her play and I, I agree with you, Brian. I think she knows a lot more than she leads on. I don't know if mm -hmm. something about her, uh, 
demeanor is like, yeah, she she's got it in there. <laughs> she reminds me of like that femme fatale. Like she will strike, and you you won't see it coming. And that I, she's a scary person to play against. I feel like, yeah. Uh, James, if if you can say, if you want to say, who who, who you the the likely scenario here as far as winners. Um. Well, I don't know enough about Sabrina or Vinny to really pick very well in that match. So I just flipped a coin and it landed on Vinny. So Vinny's <laughs> going to win that match. Um, uh, and then for Collins versus Roca, I think Adam Collins showed that he is a very formidable opponent in his first match. But I'm going to go with the same thing that I said about Paulo Yama. You do not want a scared uh, dog in a fight. Uh, you don't want somebody that, that just came off a, a, a really debilitating loss because they're going to be so much more hungry and we've seen what happens when you light a fire under John Roca so he has something to prove to the fans and to himself and I think he's going to go into this tournament really really strong and I think Adam just might be in his way in the first round it wouldn't shock me if Adam beats him because we've seen that he is a strong competitor and I think he's up to the fight but I think Roca is just going to go in with something to prove did anybody see the tweet that Roca put out with the video the Dark Knight Rises video no. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so some fan, some fan uh, edited a video for John Roca with they put faces over uh, the scene from the Dark Knight Rise, a bunch of scenes from the Dark Knight Rises where he's rising and he's climbing the wall and then he comes back to Gotham and... from uh, what's it called? Inner Geekdom question. There you go, Molly. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and and he yeah, tagged. The, the yeah, the pit. That's the pit. it. There you go. There. Uh, he he tagged. He tagged not just like all of the after shows, but a bunch of competitors as well. And it's like I'm coming for it all. And so uh, it feels like. Look, as much as we we love to talk about John Roca here, uh, I will say that when it comes to if a, a competitive fire and one who who puts his all in everything, it's very hard to not mention John Roca. It is very, very hard to not mention that. I feel like, unfortunately for Adam Collins, he is just running straight into a freight train. And, you know, I think that just like we were talking about with Pollyama, the loss is going to fire him. I think the loss to Irwin has really switched gears for Roca. Like it flipped him a little bit, right? He, you know, he didn't really know how he was feeling about everything going into the match. He was expecting to win, then he lost. Um, there was that talk about retiring and stuff. And then he's like, no, like this has just made me want to play more. And that's mm -hmm. scary to go up against. And so I do think that he'll probably uh, take that win. And then I agree with what Brian and, and Molly were saying about Sabrina. Um, it also, it's unfortunate because she has such hype around her. I feel like the expectations are super high for her. And I don't want that to like, just kind of, you know, come crashing down on her. Cause we've seen that happen before. Um, but I do think that she will take the victory. Cause I, I, I also don't know a lot about Vinny either. So like James, it's very hard to choose because I just don't know a lot about them both. I've seen Vinny once and it was in teams format. So I don't know what he's going to look like in a singles match. Um, by the way, it's, they're both going to be very fun and they're, they're, they're both going to be very, very fun. So um, I am definitely looking for Sabrina, Sabrina. Yeah. Sabrina, I, so. I definitely know the feeling of having a bunch of hype behind you and going into <laughs> things being like, I don't, obviously I don't know as much as, Alex knows at the time of my right, you know more. <laughs> at the t at the time that I played at celebration, I had a lot of hype behind me, but I was like not feeling super confident because I didn't, you know, we were there to work and I didn't have a ton of time to study. But yeah, I know that feeling. 
but I think she's <laughs> gonna. I think she's gonna crush it. Well, fair enough. Uh, well, with that, with all of that said, I think that's going to wrap up a certain POV for this week, everyone. Um, this isn't the only time that you're going to be seeing us, though, obviously. Uh, we counted the matches that are happening this week before the show started, and there are, including the paper event, there are seven matches happening this week. So you're going to see... <laughs> You're going to see a lot of us uh, and five of those being actual reactions that we're able to do. And so just make sure you're paying attention to our, our social media page uh, at Twitter on Twitter, excuse me, at Shimona and POV. Um, we do live reactions to those matches the day that they drop. And so you'll see one from us tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, more than likely, depending on what day one of those matches drops, you'll see a double header reaction. And so look out for those. Um, and then before we get out of here, I will uh, go around the table and let everyone know where we can find them online. James, I'll start with you. First of all, where can everyone uh, check you out on social media, man? Yeah, uh, you can find me mostly on Twitter um, and on Letterboxd at uh, G4TOR24, Gator24. Um, I'm also on Instagram, although I do not post there very often, so don't go looking for <laughs> a bunch of pictures. Um, you'll see me making food occasionally and posting pictures about them, but that's about it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter and uh, Letterboxd all the time. So yeah, you can check me out there, and um, you can check me out in the first round. I got a match coming up against uh, William the Beast Bibiani. I'm super excited to uh, to get into. And uh, I'll tell you right now, uh, if, if you watched my first match and you thought that's my game, that's not my game. I'm going to be bringing my, uh, my A game against William the Beast Bibiani because that's what I have to do. If I don't come in there with my A game, I'm getting walked out the door. So I'm coming in there with something to prove, and I plan on doing it. I love it. I love awesome. it. I can't wait. We're, I, I know on this end, we're super excited. Uh, obviously, uh, we have a little bit of a favoritism, favoritism a little bit because Jill with the Dan and everything. So we're loving it. We look forward to it. Um, so yeah, we're, we're excited to see that one. Hopefully, I know it's it's still like a month away, which is just seems like so far, but hopefully it goes fast so we can see that uh, that next match. Uh, Brian, where can everyone find you on social media, man? Uh, at Biavolacino on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> uh, Molly? <laughs> Uh, at Molly Damon on Twitter, at Molly Mander on Instagram. Me and Alex are on YouTube at Star Wars Explained. We also just started a Twitch channel. Well, Alex did. It's uh, great. It's great. He, if you want <laughs> to see, if you, you want to see, see Alex on a different side, <laughs> yeah. If you want to see Alex get mad and swear like you've never <laughs> seen him act before, Go check out him on Twitch. I think he's still streaming. Uh, it's Alex Damon live on Twitch, and uh, I'll be on there too. And and you'll see our dog Hilo interrupting <laughs> him constantly. Uh, you can find me at Qui Gon Jake with two N's on every social media platform. I'm everywhere. Uh, us again, Smowdown POV on Twitter. As also, if you guys have any questions for us, anything that. You want to ask us or dive into we also have a stream labs the description it's in the description below i also post it in the uh, comments throughout the show you can check that out and then as i mentioned earlier we have all kinds of uh reactions coming out this week so make sure you're paying attention to not just our youtube but our twitter page and so yeah so again thank you james so much for joining us this week man this thank was you fun. for having me guys yeah i love talking with you all for all the time so yeah thanks a lot for yeah having me we, lo we look forward to having you back in the future and uh again good thank luck you. to your match with uh will and bibiani here in the first round of the singles tournament so I appreciate uh it. for myself for brian for molly for james and for jill who quickly stopped by earlier on in the match or in the, the match jesus the show <laughs> uh we are a certain point of view and we will uh see you the rest of the week <laughs>